You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. Today we're talking about Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. With me is our birthday boy and the guy who chose this album, Jackson. Ooh, yeah! And with me as well, we have Romy. Hi! Riley. Hi! And Isaiah. Yo. Paul's Boutique is the second studio album by American hip-hop group Beastie Boys, released on July 25th, 1989 under Capitol Records. The producers were the Beastie Boys, the Dust Brothers, and Mario Caldato Jr., and the genres are hip-hop and sampledelia. And I'm going to read the Elmi's review from Stephen Thomas Irvine. Such was the power of License to Ill that everybody, from fans to critics, thought that not only could the Beastie Boys not top the record, but that they were destined to be a one-shot wonder. These feelings were only amplified by their messy, litigious departure from Def Jam and their flight from their beloved New York to Los Angeles, since it appeared the Beasties had completely lost the plot. Many critics, in fact, thought that Paul's Boutique was a muddled mess upon its summer release in 1989, but that's the nature of the record. It's so dense, it's bewildering at first, revealing its considerable charges with each play. To put it mildly, it's a considerable change from the hard rock of License to Ill, shifting to layers of samples and beats, so intertwined they move beyond psychedelic. It's a painting with sound. Paul's Boutique is a record that only could have been made in a specific time and place. Like the Rolling Stones in 1972, the Beastie Boys were in exile and pining for their home, so they made a love letter to downtown New York, which they could not have done without the Dust Brothers, an LA-based production duo that helped redefine what sampling could be with this record. Sadly, after Paul's Boutique, sampling on the level of what's heard here would disappear, due to a series of lawsuits. Most notably, Gilbert O'Sullivan's suit against Bismarcky. The entire enterprise, too, cost prohibitive and risky to perform on such a grand scale. Which is really a shame, because if ever a record could be used as inconvertible proof that sampling is its own art form, it's Paul's Boutique. Snatches of familiar music are scattered throughout the record. Anything from Curtis Mayfield's Superfly and Sly Stone's Loose Booty to Loggins and Messina's Your Mama Don't Dance and the Ramones' Susie as a Headbanger. But never once are they presented in lazy, predictable ways. The Dust Brothers and Beastie weave a crazy quote of samples, beats, loops, and tricks, which creates a hyper-surreal alternate reality. A romanticized funhouse fun reflection of New York, where all pop music and culture exist on the same strata, feeding off each other, mocking each other, evolving into a wholly unique record, unlike anything that came before or after. It very well could be that its density is what alienated listeners and critics at the time. There is so much info in the music and words that it can seem impenetrable at first, but upon repeated spins, it opens up slowly, assuredly, revealing more every listen. Musically, few hip-hop records had ever been so rich. It's not just the recontextualizations of familiar music via samples, it's the flow of each song and the album as a whole. 
culminating in the widescreen suite that closes the record. Lyrically, the Beasties have never been better, not just because their jokes are razor sharp, but because they construct full-body narratives and evocative portraits of characters and places. Few pop records offer this much to savor, and if Paul's Boutique only made a modest impact upon its initial release, over time its influence could be heard through pop and rap. Yet no matter how its influence was felt, it stands alone as a record of stunning vision, maturity, and accomplishment. Plus, it's a hell of a lot of fun no matter how many times you've heard it. Alright, what do you think of uh, Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys? I almost said Beach Boys like five times. Also, there's gotta be some sort of mashup out there. Also, Riley, I did you jump a little when I said Funhouse? No. Dang. I did it. <laughs> oh, there is at least one sort of thing like that. Sabotage in USA, Beastie Boys. I'm going oh to God. link it for you right now. No you know, way. I heard sabotage. I heard That's sabotage awful. in the least place you'd least imagine it, and that was like a TV spot for the Minions Two movie. Oh, I think it was oh in my the try. MCA did not die for this illumination. Oh wait, um. Talking, speaking of that, uh, the first time I ever heard Eggman was, I think it was in the Wild Level of Zoo YTP collab when I was in it. Oh, cool. Or it was the second one. When I was, I was in the second one. I have, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, but I know Eggman was in one of those collabs. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, I know this from something. So, yeah. Well, um, I, I believe I mentioned last week that I... Not really the biggest fan of hip hop and rap. I think this was my gateway. It's but. slightly before my era, like a year before the '90s, but I, I really dig it. Yeah, this, this, this bangs. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. And my mom's a huge fan of the Beastie Boys. Mm. I don't know if I told her that we were doing it, but yeah. Uh, we could have gotten the cool story of of your mom uh, asking you who the members of the Beast Beastie Boys were. <laughs> Marge, Homer, <laughs> Megamind, Paul, Ralph—that—that—that's a reference to "Why uh, for Your Right Revisited," where like the future BC boys are played by Will Ferrell, Jack Black, and John C. Riley. Guys, obviously, one of the the biggest members of Beastie Boys is Graggle. <laughs> Graggle. Now I have to put Graggle in the thumbnail. New Mandela Effect just dropped. Fourth member of the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Graggle. <Beastie Simpson>. Boy. <laughs> What if, like, remember when Graggle was called Gumbly? Gumbly Bumbly, the Beastie Boy? Uh, Wait, yeah. I think there was a fourth member of the Beastie Boys. Like, Wait. really? Or you yeah, just... it was Brian Wilson, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian Wilson was... Yeah, the Beastie Boys, come on. Beastie Boys. Uh, you know, Brian You're Wilson... all the members of Brian the Wilson, Boys. he was that weird guy who was in the Beach Boys, but then he got kicked out because he was artsy. <laughs> yeah, that's why he, he influenced this album. Yeah. Just so it's clear, I do not hate Brian Wilson in the slightest. All my hate goes towards Mike Love. I, I barely, I'm not really familiar with the Beach Boys stuff. Well, I don't know who that is. Mike Love? It's more just like, some random guy you're calling out. More like Mike Hate. And uh, Mike Love is the... Oh. I, I listened to like, Pet Sounds, and then I was not I was like, not as good as Sgt. Pepper's, and then I just kind of stopped. No, oh, oh bro. I actually, as much as I love Sgt. Pepper's, I actually think Pet Sounds is better. <laughs> yeah, it's... Pet Sounds is their magnum opus. Those are fighting. And on a good day, I actually think that Pet Sounds is better than Revolver. Yeah. 
Everything's Wait, better than Revolver. What do you mean? All oh, right, I keep forgetting. Oh yes. Yes, I am Speaking here. Of... Oh, oh yeah, back to the Beach Boys. Um, I mentioned this in last night's uh, Watch This episode recording, but um, there was like a nativity pageant. Somebody did a nativity pageant, but it was Beach Boys themed. So like, you, we have Mary singing "God Only Knows." is a surfer girl and then the wise men are the wilson brothers and they sing like fun 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 in honor of the baby jesus because <laughs> that's what uh, i want to hear David when... Bowie did a cover of god only knows oh uh, yeah it was on his uh frick i forget the name of the album Tonight. it goes to show how memorable that album is if i can't remember it i there are like three tracks that i consider super underrated on that album oh but... uh, yeah loving the alien uh I guess the the title track tonight with Tina Turner and uh, true. What was that one uh, he did? Blue Jean. Yeah, Blue Jean's pretty good. I like I like Blue Jean. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that. I'll have to now, listen every to that time uh, album. I, I say David Bowie. You can't. Th- every time you listen to David Bowie, you can't help but think of what George Harrison said about him. Exactly. David Bowie. David Baba Bowie. David Baba Riley. Oh, Jackson Riley's. This is a f- funny story. So, um, Eric Idle tried to get D- uh, George Harrison to meet David Bowie once, and he was like, you know, David, he's such a cool guy and very funny, smart. I think you'd like him. And then George was like, David Bowie? That is literally what he said. I mean, I give him credit for being a grumpy old man, even if I disagree with him. Speaking of George, he hates Hip-hop. Oh yeah! Hilarious. I'm gonna read you guys the newspaper quote I I have of George Harrison and his relation with rap music. It must be because of how much this album samples the Beatles, or at least that's what I. <laughs> They're think. taking away my money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the BC Boys—they were like getting sued by the Beatles. How cool is that? Guys, we're famous. We got sued by the Beatles. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. Um, h- how about this? Um. He said of rap music, all this rap rubbish, it's just computerized rot. I listen to Top of the Pops, and after three songs, I feel like killing someone. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Wow, that's petty. Tom Petty? Yeah. It's... This is uh, a certified Tom Petty moment. Um, Alexa, play, I won't That's gonna down. be like my new catchphrase now. Uh, that's Tom Petty. Uh, Chuck D responded to this quote. Um... I would take it to heart if it was Lennon and McCartney that said it, but being that it's only George Harrison, I really don't care. Third string, maybe fourth string behind Ringo. Harrison's talents are equivalent to a backup dancer. That's not me. That's uh, Public Enemy's Chuck D. Oh, I think I read that. I sent it to you. Of course you read it. Oh, I did. I'm stupid. What? <laughs> you did send it to me, huh? Um, uh, Chuck D, uh, uh, tweeted in 2020, actually, um, in all honesty, I dug George Harrison and anything the Beatles did. My sweet lord, all-time fave. But back in the day, anyone saying shit about hip-hop, especially when we were unofficially unionized, you were getting press-macked from yours truly, in a polite, dis-rap manner. We're not even talking about the Beastie Boys anymore. You guys like completely sidetracked, and I'm just here for it. <laughs> that's what this is all about. This is this my one complaint this about this. Is the podcast in a nutshell? Um, on <laughs> my, this my album. one complaint is that on Spotify they stretch like the 10 minute track 
into B, like eight songs. B boy, yeah, the boss. And I hate that. They just keep it like twelve minutes. I've listened to like twenty minute songs. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't separate it. Mm. Anyway, uh, my favorite songs on this album, I I I really like um, uh, High Plains Drifter. That one was like pretty cool, and uh, the sounds of science. Um, it has nothing to do with the fact that there are five Beatles uh, ripoffs in that. There um, are so many Beatles samples in there, yeah. and I spotted all of them. Good on ya. And then the Pink Floyds, they sampled the wind from <laughs> They metal. sampled the wind from <laughs> one of these days. I guess that this means that metal, that metal album time. is worth something now. I can finally get Cade to apologize. Anyway, um, he, oh, he's not going to show up. I locked the recording room. No, I'm joking. I know. Anyway, um, Jackson, you picking Paul's Boutique for this episode was a kind of like a coincidence because a couple weeks beforehand, a friend of mine, she actually uh, sent me the Sounds of Science and uh, dared me to find all five Beatles samples. I was able to find uh, Sgt. Pepper's title track, Sgt. Pepper's reprise, and uh, the end. That was all I could find. And she uh, she told me that I missed uh, the, uh, like, the jet sound from back in the USSR and... Uh, the bass from when I'm 64. Those are, those are some real deep cuts from, like, the Beatles. I have never heard of any of those songs except for that what? Back in the USSR one. Not even uh, when I'm 64? Back in the USSR is, like, the only of... deep cut. Do the Beatles yeah. even have deep cuts? I would not call the Back in the USSR <laughs> well, a deep as cut. Someone, well, as someone who's never yeah. listened to them, everything is a deep cut. That <laughs> isn't that's... continuously played on classic rock radio. That's uh, uh I never hear the Beatles on classic rock radio for some reason. Uh, yeah. Jackson, They're replaced uh... by the Imagine Dragons, the best uh, the best band of yes. all the times. Rock to uh, blow your balls off. <laughs> Imagine Dragons <laughs> My and <Maroon> balls. <laughs> <laughs> rock the balls, blow your balls off. The Lumineers. And that wasn't a drag of the Lumineers. I wouldn't necessarily call them ball busting rock yeah. this ain't your grandma's station up next highly sus <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> I also really dug uh, looking down uh, the barrel of a gun. The only criticism I have of that song is that uh, when they sample Mississippi Queen by Mountain, they leave like the the opening guitar from the the opening of the song and before they go to the next verse. So it's like it just feels very jarring. But I don't think it's listed on like the sample list things. But oh yeah, it is. No, no, no. I was gonna talk about something else. I also didn't. I didn't hear Time by Pink Floyd in Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun. I, the brown. They use that. Do they? They might. Yeah. They might have just like pitch shifted obvious. it. They might have pitch shifted it. I don't know. Possibly. I, it's kind of in the background a bit. Yeah, I'll have. To, I'll admit, I'm not the best at uh, picking out samples. That might just because I. I'm not used to searching for samples, and uh, I don't know what the samples sound like. I also couldn't find uh, up on Cripple Creek on High Plains Drifter and Your Mama Don't Dance on High Plains Drifter. So I'm just assuming they don't show up. 
Um, just gonna read the here. Cripple Creek Ferry. <laughs> Neil if they oh if God. they sampled a Cripple Creek Ferry on this album, complete ten out of ten. All right. Okay, yes. Um, um, like, there's gotta be an alternate universe where um the Beastie Boys sampled Cripple Creek Ferry. Probably. If any of you guys are listening and you guys make mashups, can somebody please mash up a Beastie Boys song with Cripple Creek Ferry? I think this I might be able to do problem. that. Um, please do. I'll just have to. I'll have to search for like which uh, song is probably. I can do it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how long it'll take me, but one of these days I'll do it. Forty-five years late there. <laughs> 20 minutes later. Um, it's not on the sample listing. At so least much on later Wikipedia, that the old but... narrator got tired of waiting and they had to hire a new one. Hire a new one. <laughs> also, um, on Hey it's Ladies, really... uh, they sample War by Edwin Starr, but it's not listed on here. Uh, I mostly remember, like, the riff from War by Edwin Starr. I recently heard it in, like, a trailer for The War with Grandpa. The war with Grandpa. That just sounds like my my every weekend. I mean, it's that movie with Robert De Niro and the kid fighting over a room. Robert De Niro wasn't he the guy that got and brutally like... murdered by Joaquin Phoenix on the set of that Joker movie? Yes, yes. I think the Beastie Boys have a fetish for sampling Led Zeppelin because I'm pretty sure they sample When the Levee Breaks and Moby Moby Dick on here. I mean, it only but they makes also sense. sample When the Levee Breaks on their last album. It only Jeez, makes sense. Led Zeppelin stole music from Innocent Blues and folk songwriters, <laughs> so Beastie Boys now has to steal from them. The cycle will perpetually continue Sorry, until yep. the end of Sorry, time. The cycle of life. <laughs> Sorry about my cat, and you guys. <laughs> you know, I figured that... Uh, you know, I figure... In the Led Zeppelin episode, I was originally going to say this, but I forgot. but I was originally going to say that the Led, Led Zeppelin taking, like, this blues music and folk music and turn making it into their own. I was saying that was almost like the YouTube poop of music. <laughs> but now I realize that this is the YouTube poop of music because they're actually taking that, those recordings and turning it into something awesome. That is the, like, perfect description for the Beastie Boys. You've never yeah, heard yeah. Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. <laughs> Would recommend. Kind of sounds like this album, except more swearing. So uh, beware. <laughs> I know how much you love swearing at songs, Andrew. <laughs> I always suspect every single song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about my cat, you guys. My cat has a thing for, like, playing with my closet door, so it's, like, super loud. She does it every night now. Like, it's... Uh, he does it all the time. That's okay. So you yelled at Gadget for playing with the closet <laughs> Yeah, I had to yell at her. I always have to get her to stop doing it. So mm. she very much likes my closet. She sleeps in my closet all the time. Mm. So. I haven't seen yeah, your closet, sorry. so I wouldn't know. If I ever visited your closet, though, I'd probably give you reveal? Reveal one yelp. Closet <laughs> reveal. <laughs> oh my god. Trigger warning my closet. <laughs> anyway, um, I love how I, in like the 80s, like, Tipper Gore loved to, like, go after stuff like the Beastie Boys for being so, like, un-American and evil, even. When, like, looking at the lyrics, the Beastie Boys, they were, like, they were tame. Their, their lyrics deal with uh, respecting women and uh, don't smoke weed and only have sex with someone if they consent. They, they were surprisingly progressive for a hip-hop uh, group. They are pretty tame on this album, and I am not 
I'm surprised this is kind of how they albums, are. I'm surprised none of them, none of their albums are in the National Recording Registry. And uh, we should tr- probably work on adding one of them. Let's do it. Let's do it next year. Let's add Paul's Boutique. Uh, I was looking at um, something on Wikipedia for Paul's Boutique, and apparently it's like some people have considered it the Sgt. Pepper's of hip-hop. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. They call this album like really revolutionary for how much they put samples in it. I'd also, cons- I'd also consider just, it to be like yeah. the White Album, considering it's such a mismatch of stuff. But uh, I don't know. I haven't. No I. It's been a while since I've compared the Beastie Boys to the Beatles, so I shouldn't be the one to, you oh, know. Beetle Boys. You have become a Chiefs boy. The Beastle Boys. <laughs> There's the gotta be a fashion with that too. The Beeble Boys. You know, uh, I said in my notes that the Sounds of Science is just what would happen if George Harrison actually liked rap and tried to incorporate it into his uh, into the music. The the Sgt. Pepper's reprise. When I first listened to that uh, song three years ago, I thought this is a tight beat. It could be. It can easily be like a rap song beat. And then here it is being used as you know, as like a, the back of a hip hop song. It's like poetry, you know. So yeah, they, they I rhyme. Found, like, a it's very goofy. It's like a thirty minute mashup. Like the Beastie Boys meet the Beatles, mixed by DJ BC. Thirty minutes. Oh yep. Yeah, Car Thief has the same BPM as Don Cucino. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, mashup! Somebody make a mashup for now. Wait, wait, what was it? What was it? What was it? Don Cucino's the same. Cardi B. Car Car Thief. <laughs> oh god. Um, um, I thought you said Cardi B too. <laughs> I got just that McCarthy. Anyway. So it's McCarthy what? Anyway, um, remember that guy who got slapped at the Oscars this year? Who? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, he uh, he actually uh, says this about uh, Paul's Boutique. Don't go anywhere without it. It's one of those records that you buy every time you're in a rental car. It's also one of those records that you thought sucked the day you bought it. You were mad because it sounded nothing like a license to ill. Then a month later, you're like, this is the best shit ever. High Point Strifter is the best song ever made. And you know what? High Point Strifter might actually be one of my favorite hip-hop songs. It, it's so dope. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I are using terminology. I've been using dope long before I listened to Paul's Boutique. I honestly like uh, one of the guy, he kind of st- does like cockney vocals. That's what I'm going to call it now. It just sounds he rolls his R slightly. I think the, the, the guy in question is, uh, I think it's Ad-Rock. Ad-Rock? Yeah. And, and he has a, kind of more higher pitched vocals out of everyone. I think he's my favorite uh, on the thing. Isaiah, you sent me a picture. I'm just going to. I am not Steve Buscemi in the Arrested <laughs> Development. Or is that Dirty Rock? I don't Actually, know. I think... Steve Buscemi is Lord. I think that's Dirty Rock. <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I'm so uncultured. <laughs> I mean, I am the same guy who said that the Joshua Tree was modern. True. <laughs> I mean, uh, anyway, um, story time, folks. Uh, so I remember, like, the first time I listened to Hey Ladies, it was on, like, the uh, Lithium Station, which is, like, the Alter- Alt and Grunge uh, Station on Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, whatever. And I was pretty, cu- and it was kind of vibing with it. It was, like, uh, this was, like, three to four years ago. I was, like, I liked it. That's all I can say for it. But all of a, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I heard, like, uh... The, the bit from Ballroom Blitz by Sweet, where he the, the singer's like going, She thinks she's the passionate one! And I was like, what the hell, Mom? Did you just change the station? 
And then I realized, no, that was just part of this, this, the song the whole time. And that's how this white man got introduced to the concept of sampling. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> that was the story I was alluding to, Jackson, a couple days ago. <clears throat> but yeah, Hey Ladies is a pretty dope song. Al along that's with good. the Shake yeah, Your Rump. I think I thought it was pretty, pretty good. I, I like thought it was pretty good, um, but then like that growling bass came in, and I was like, "Ooh, that's oh, nice." So true. Also, uh, does anyone want to talk about how this album sort of like begins and ends the same way that Ninja Sex Party's Cool Patrol did? Oh, God. You see, Andrew, it's called an intro. Lots of hip hop albums use it. <laughs> I guess they do. <laughs> I mean, NSP is not hip-hop, but, like, you know. Oh, my God. I have a long way to go in my musical journey, it seems. I need to listen no, to so many me, more I Ninja Sex Party albums. Clearly, yeah. Let's start with the under the covers. Uh, so what do we think of uh, the 12-minute tw closer B-Boy Bulebas? So good. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I honestly can't pick a favorite part. They're all too good. A year and a day is my favorite. It's oh, is so that hype. the one with the synth work on it? Yeah. Of course you like the work with the synth stuff on it. It reminds you of Yes and Talking <laughs> Heads and other band? Yeah, new wave, new wave synth pop. That's 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 the jam. I also like For uh, some reason Get on the Mic reminded me of Aaron Burser from Hamilton. No. <laughs> I think I heard that too, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Does Hamilton use sampling? Lint yeah. Probably. It, it references a lot of hip-hop songs, like, lyrically, but, yeah. I can totally imagine uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda using that song as uh, an influence for Aaron Burser. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite part was either uh, Hello Brooklyn or Dropping Names. Dro Hello Brooklyn is the one that uses uh, Johnny Cash's Folsom Blue Prison Blues, and Dropping Names is the, the one that uh, uses, like, a random interview from Bob Marley. Mm. Who we will be getting to on this podcast? It might just be Exodus, but we're still—I'm still gonna make sure we get to him. Fifty-nine Christie Streets, really good too. Yeah. Um. Let's Jimi see. Hendrix. So, does anyone want to talk about the uh, best song on the album, Five Piece Chicken Diner? Oh, I was. <laughs> ooh, I had that in my head, and I completely forgot. Diner. <laughs> oh wait, uh, Chicken Dinner. <laughs> I have dyslexia, people. I'm sorry. Jim Jim Morrison would have been all over that trap. That, that trap. Yeah. To fly high angle. He is the backdoor man. He's the backdoor man. Eight more Please. chickens than anyone ever seen. They should have sampled that song in Five Piece Chicken Dinner. <laughs> Does Five Piece Chicken Dinner sample anything, or is it just like generic? I think like, it. I I, I think I read somewhere whatever. that samples like banjo music from Deliverance of all movies. It's um suck in the corn. <laughs> it's called suck in the corn. That's what. Of course, it's, of course it's called suck in the corn. <laughs> Wouldn't it be? I'm gonna listen to this amazing track again. Yeah. Oh, and uh. <laughs>
Car Thief was dope. Uh, three minute rule took a while to grow on me, but I, I started to respect it more once I looked at the lyrics, which was basically like the Beastie Boys reacting to the negative image that Tipper Gore presented upon them. And then there's Shadrach, which I honestly find a bit hard to get into, even though it features a lot of uh, vague biblical references. Oh, and then there's the second best song on this album, Ask for Janice. <laughs> oh, that's right! <laughs> Not much to say that about it. That took me a minute. I mean, well, I think it gets it's to better. The point. It asks like, for Janice. Let's, I, hey, let's, uh, it actually what's, says, what's called the, the song. what's called the, the number that they mentioned in the song, and maybe uh, Janice will, uh, she'll, she'll answer us. I called Janice at 3 a.m. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs> Ad Rock came to my house. Not clicking. <laughs> he threw me at a police car with a drug named Otis. He took me to the five-piece chicken dinner. <laughs> I got to meet the backdoor man. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Oh my God. Rock and the Beastie Boys. The sequel. <laughs> the long away. Oh, like... What was the first one? Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah. Oh hi, Ad Rock. How's it going? Son, please. Uh, you know who Jim Morrison's yeah, son is, Ad Rock? Who is he? It's you. I There's this. Oh, I was just, I just said, I'm looking for my son, Jim Morrison, oh, something. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, a popular, I, I know none of you watch Amphibia, but there's this popular fan theory that I created that uh, Sprig Planter's love interest, Ivy Sundu's father, is actually the town bum, one-eyed Wally. But I, I actually Sounds thought familiar. about that. That might not be true, because I've been thinking, her father might actually be Jim Morrison. <laughs> oh my god. I have no evidence proving it. But I have no evidence disproving it. And that's what matters. Okay, the conversation has died down. No one wants to talk about this with me. That's great. Yeah, Do you guys want to talk about Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> um, I, love, I love that man. For the record, uh, during last night's uh, Watch This episode, uh, we were watching a movie with Jeff Goldblum in it, and like it was very lame, and so <laughs> it became a It just divulged to us uh, like, hey, looking yeah. at classical musicians insulting each other. We weren't even- we didn't even care what was on in the movie anymore. <laughs> oh, and uh, it, it then divulged even further to listening to funny classical music oh. anecdotes. I want to list my favorite one. I know you're gonna like this one, Riley. Uh, so, um... The, the Hungarian composer and pianist Franz Liszt performed for Tsar Nicholas, who was uh, talking during the performance. Liszt, which then just stopped playing in the middle of the piece, and just stared blankly at the Tsar until he stopped talking. When asked why he did that, Liszt responded, Music herself should be silent whenever Nicholas speaks. <laughs> and, and Tsar Nicholas said about Liszt, The hair and the political opinions of that man upset me. <laughs> Because Liszt was a, a a pretty liberal guy, but he also, like, he favored uh, Napoleon's invasion of Europe, which is, like, the only thing I can find to be reprehensible about, about, about him. <laughs> Otherwise, he is my scrunkly. I should not be calling 200-year-old people my scrunklies. That just sounds wrong. That's, like... I mean, but I do have him I as... I videos where it's, like... I have him as my profile pick, so I guess it's par for the course. Classic rock fans showing you their celebrity crush, and it's a guy going through a graveyard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> that would just be so wrong. I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, my, 
me having List as my uh, profile pick is better than you having Clapton <laughs> as your profile pick. Oh, uh, don't don't remind me. Kara <laughs> Clapton, the best guitarist <laughs> ever, you know. The best guitarist, Layla is goaded, and that was the only Clapton song I knew. <laughs> You didn't know the deep shit. Like, I shut the sheriff. I'm sure I, my I dad told me. Love. But now it's like David Gilmore is goaded. David Gilmore really is goaded, though. David Gilmore is goaded. I actually have a non romantic crush on him. <laughs> wait, well, wait, just, not real, not David Gilmore now. David Gilmore from the 70s. No. What's <laughs> wrong with David Gilmore now? He's old. He's <laughs> old. And. That sounds like a coward to me. <laughs> Wait, guys, hey guys, um, hear me out. What if every time someone says her god, we all boo? Oh my god. Well, um, let me just say, I have a crush on 1970s David Gilmore, and if you saw any pictures of him in that era, you'd understand why. What's wrong with this, Andrew? <laughs> is that a, it's a picture of 2010 Gilmore, isn't it? I don't know. What year this is from? Oh, I don't. I know is that yeah. he looks old. He's nice. He looks like a good grandfather figure, but he's not exactly the type of guy I'd have a non-romantic crush on. Um, imagine having like David Gilmore as your grandfather. What? That would be so like, dope. Oh, yeah, honestly, my grandpa was good. He's like, what? Imagine having Ad Rock as your father, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- you'd probably be so cultured in music because they're that luscious, like, luscious hair and that strat. That'd be, that, strat. If, it, it would be pretty dope if my father was Ad-Rock, though, because I'd probably be so cultured in music, because it'd be so... He'd probably have a huge collection of music that he just samples in every Beastie Boys album. Uh, well... I believe uh, it is called... Let's go around the room. Uh, Jackson, uh, out of ten, what would you get this? Since I picked it, and I really love this band, and I love this album, I'm gonna have to give it a ten. You'll have to see it. Alright, uh, um, Isaiah, how about you? I, I think this is like super solid, and I, I'd love to hear more of this kind of stuff. But I know this is like one of their more like unique but... cuts, so I won't really get that. But uh, I, I like it a lot. I'll definitely be listening to it again. Mm. So I think an eight point eight is deserved. Uh, um, Jamie, who's not here with us tonight, she uh, she gave it an eight on rate your music. I just felt like I wanted to mention that. Uh, Riley, what about you? Um, this was like Isaiah said. This is a pretty solid album. And I definitely will be coming back to some of the songs on this album. Definitely. Um, I think I'm going to give this an 8.5. Yeah, I give it an 8 too. It's so good, you guys. Yeah. I'm going to have to give the extra point of an 8.1. Because I like being nice. Like, this this actually kind of made me uh, reconsider my opinion on like rap and hip-hop as a whole. Because like almost every track on this album was like, straight fire like i def i definitely see myself going back to this i definitely see myself looking at the rest of the the beastie boys catalog i mean i know the hits like fight for your right no sleep till brooklyn sabotage so what you want i think that counts like i don't hear too many people talking about it but uh my radio station plays it all the time so i'm counting it as a single but yeah i will definitely go be going back to this oh intergalactic i can't believe i forgot about that one yeah that song's awesome (laughs) It was in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It should be awesome. It was. I will now link the clip. <laughs> but yes, 8.1. Anything that's related or affiliated with Diary of a Wimpy Kid is all automatically awesome. It's goaded, yes. Anyway, um, 
But yeah, 8.1, this is an awesome album. As I mentioned, I'm not well-versed with rap and hip-hop. Jackson and Isaiah, you seem more ver well-versed than I am. Can you give me, like, some suggestions on other albums I can listen to that are kind of like this? Because I found out that the kind of hip-hop and rap I like is the ones that, like, sample a lot. Uh, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. They sample old <laughs> Kung Fu flicks, and the beats are tight. Except I did mention earlier there's a lot of swearing, so uh, I don't be, mind be aware so of that. I don't mind swearing. Pulp Fiction's one of my favorites. <laughs> It's not really sample heavy as more as it's kind of nerdy, but Zarface meets Metalface is a personal favorite of mine. Zarface meets Metalface. Is that by someone? Zarface and MF Doom. Ah. Uh, well, guys, you'd think we'd be in Cade Month, but he's not here. And using this opportunity, I've decided to spin the wheel. Sick. I'm such a girl boss. <laughs> It's the hip hop mentality. And remember, if we look at a con if we get to a concept album or a rock album, we have to do a theater album for episode thirty. Uh, oh, thirty-four, seventy-four. I, I have God. to. I have to mention. We regressed by like forty episodes. <laughs> we traveled back a year. He forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot so much. Um, You're like Al Pacino. You forgot to send the Oscars. You forgot. Yep. Um, Kids from seven to seventeen, you know, lining up for the Don Pacino. Uh, <laughs> guys, this is a good album. I guess we have to do like the Yang to the Ying. We have to do a eh, album, I guess. Oh. The next album we'll be looking at is Final. Van Morrison Moon Dance. No way. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I know nothing like that. Me neither. Yo, nice. <laughs> okay, thank you.